0: Hello, I'm Mark, and this is the Fast Track Impact podcast for researchers who want to be more productive and achieve real-world impacts from their research. Today's episode is a part two. Uh, Last week, I was talking to you uh, about how to manage power in meetings and workshops so you can spot the dynamics um, and ideally get out of a few challenging situations. Um, I'm wondering if you've had a chance to apply any of these. Um, always good to try them out, uh, especially with uh, with students. Um, uh, make your teaching a bit more engaging, have a bit more fun, uh, try these things out in maybe lower risk uh, contexts before trying them out in uh, slightly scarier settings. Um, uh, I'm uh, recording this from Newcastle today, so um, uh, I was planning to record my podcast uh, like I normally do on a Monday morning, um, but uh, I had um, not just one, but three sick children at home to contend with. Um, so uh, I attempted to uh, to get um, a number of my meetings done, but it uh, it was never going to be conducive to uh, a podcast unless you wanted a, a family effort on it, which maybe you did want. Um, so uh, sorry if I'm disappointing you there. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, I've had a, a day of mentoring that's actually I uh, started a new mentoring relationship um, as part of uh, the rolling program of mentoring that uh, that I do through Newcastle University's scheme um, so if you're not aware of this a lot of universities do this nowadays um, so uh, mentoring is a powerful thing uh, you can really uh, make leaps and bounds in your personal and professional development uh, through this. So have a look and see if your university has got a formal mentoring scheme uh, like uh, like we do. Uh, there's a good chance that they do. Um, uh, I was uh, mentoring uh, another colleague um, who uh, who does stuff on on impact and uh, doing an internal panel, um, uh, giving people feedback on their proposals. So uh, feeling a bit tired, I have to say. Um, it was uh, I don't know that kind of stuff. I find quite emotionally draining. So I figured. Uh, what a what a time uh, to get myself a cup of tea, uh, have it in my hand, and uh, and record a podcast, and uh, and re-energise myself at the end of the day. That's my theory, anyway. So, um, uh, I'm going to um, start off by uh, critiquing the the average a- academic uh, when it comes uh, to how we uh, we actually manage meetings and workshops, um, uh, because uh, a lot of us fall into a really big trap. Uh, So uh, we're given the chair of a meeting and uh, in an academic setting uh, we basically chair and things happen and we feel pretty pleased with ourselves, Uh, nobody fought each other, uh, nothing went terribly wrong, we managed our meeting, we chaired, it was all good. Um, when we actually look back at most of the meetings that we have chaired, uh, I generally find that uh, that if you're critical enough, you realize that well, not everyone actually spoke, and you know what that one person did really quite dominate and yeah, there was a whole load of people who might well have had great ideas, but i didn't ever give them a forum or an opportunity or they were too shy or whatever yeah, whatever it was uh, generally speaking you could do could have done a better job um uh, and uh, when you go out of academia, uh, I think we lull ourselves into this false sense of security that, well, hey, I can chair meetings, uh, really. But yeah, I think I can chair meetings. Uh, and so give me a meeting now with publics or stakeholders and uh, and I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to sit there and chair. If you talk to any professional facilitator, they will tell you that that is their most feared technique. Uh, The one place, if things are going to go wrong, that they will go wrong is in open discussion. Uh, And yet, this is the thing that uh, the least experienced of us go to immediately without thinking. And then we wonder why things go wrong. Uh, So last week, I was talking about how to uh, spot um, the power dynamics uh, in your group. Um, uh, th- it is in open discussion that those power dynamics will rear their ugly head, uh, and it is in open discussion that it will be most challenging to be able to deal with that. Now, I gave you three. Uh, ways of dealing with uh, some of the more challenging situations. But ideally, we don't get there. Uh, And I'm going to suggest that, um, armed with the insight from last week, that it's power, fundamentally, that we need to be able to understand and manage to make these meetings, workshops go well, uh, then we can manage out the need for an experienced, confident, and, um, uh, uh, and an expert facilitator simply by using techniques that manage the power for us. So uh, for me... I'm going to give you a few techniques. I'm going to give you them in three categories of technique that I would normally follow in sequence um, from one category to the next. I'm going to give you them uh, also uh, configured in uh, a particular workshop that I use quite regularly that I think you might find useful. A lot of researchers I know have used this model um, to to run workshops, both to gain impact and evaluate impact. So uh, I'm going to give you some practical tools. Um, But before I do, uh, there is one problem, which is that that you're sitting there thinking, great, I've got some techniques, I've got uh, a bag of pens, I've got some post-it notes, I've got some sticky dots, I've got some other ideas in my head, but actually... I'm too terrified to use them Uh, I'm sitting there these people are staring back at me um, and me little me has to now persuade these scary powerful people to do what I want and get out of their seats and actually engage with each other and do things Um, and for me this is was always my my biggest barrier I'm sitting there with it on the tip of my tongue saying about to say yeah maybe we do things differently guys we seem to be going around in circles and yeah it never quite happens um And then I realised something really important. I realised that um, whenever I did try and suggest that we did something a bit different, uh, if there was ever going to be a complaint from someone, it would always be from the same type of person. And I realised the one thing that they all had in common was that they were the most powerful people in the group. On some some, some, uh, subconscious level, they had realised that in the open discussion uh, forum, they were able to... Dominate, and whatever I was about to do was about to compromise their ability to dominate those power dynamics. Uh, and so, of course, they're going to complain. Of course, they're going to say, "Oh no, that's a rubbish idea. Oh no, that will never work." And uh, sit down, <laughs> or whatever. Um, uh, and uh, and it was that insight that enabled me to say, "Ha." Huh, given that you are the person who is saying no that is exactly why i am going to say well we're going to try it and if it doesn't work we don't have to keep doing it but here are some post-it notes here is the plan i'm drawing this up onto the wall um, and away we go uh, so uh, get enough confidence to suggest doing something differently. And when you get countered, realize who it is, spot if they are actually the most powerful person in the room, which is why you feel intimidated, and then push through that fear in the knowledge that you are about to do the rest of the group a service. So um, uh, I've got my uh, my principle, uh, this, this idea that it's the power ultimately that I need to manage. Um, I've overcome my fear to actually try something out and i'm going to uh, start with some techniques to explore and open out i'm then going to move to some analyzing techniques and then i'm finally uh, possibly depending on the nature of my workshop or meeting i'm going to move to some closing down or deciding techniques the first set of techniques uh, I would typically use at the beginning of uh, of a meeting. Uh, and uh, these are uh, designed to get everyone thinking fairly quickly, quite broad brush. Um, Uh, no particular deep thinking, but we're getting lots of ideas out. Um, What are all the different options that we've got? Um, uh, Different impact goals we could pursue, different pathways, different uh, collaborators we could partner with, whatever it is. Um, And we're getting everyone's ideas um, out at, um, at this point. Uh, uh one of the ways that i sometimes use this is uh, is around objective setting i think when you've got a, a group of people together it's good to know that you are actually on the same uh, uh on the same page now uh, ideally you do that ahead of time uh, there's a process um, and everyone is there because they want to be there and they're there for the same reason uh, but actually it's important not to make too many assumptions and uh, there's lots of meetings i've been at um including ones that i have uh, attempted to to manage myself where uh, i've come in with my objectives assuming that everyone else has got exactly the same reason for being there. And it quite quickly becomes apparent that uh, a bunch of people are there for very different reasons, having made a, some very different assumptions to, to me. And now we're talking at cross-purposes, and now things are a bit of a mess. Um, so uh, one uh, one way of using this technique is to, to actually get out from the group, well, why are you here? What's, uh, what's, what's this about for you? What do you want to get out of this? So uh, I've got a lot of different techniques you can use for this. Um, uh, So uh, I'm going to give you my favorite one in a minute. But um, uh, brainstorming is is one technique that people use, but it's a really badly used technique uh, generally. Uh, Technically, brainstorming uh, is meant to get people to virtually do word association. So you're encouraging people not to think hard about this, not to give you even sentences. We're looking for words and phrases rapid fire. And the idea is that people lose their their inhibitions, uh, they're suspending parts of their kind of thinking brain to just blurge things out, splurge things out. Um. Uh, and and actually you get a bunch of things coming up from the subconscious by power of association um, uh, and and creative ideas that wouldn't otherwise have come out because if I would thought too hard about this I would have edited that out because that might be a bit embarrassing uh, but actually yeah some of them are a bit embarrassing some of them are amazing um, and and great so now if I'm you if I am using brainstorming I'm explaining the rules to everyone I'm looking for one word one um, one phrase answers no sentences um, and we're going rapid fire. Um, uh, and I I change my intonation so I'm talking a bit faster I'm uh, raising some energy I'm standing up I'm moving around the room uh, getting everyone engaged um, and as soon as someone starts speaking uh, in sentences I say great I'm going to pause you there Uh, come back to me I want a one sentence uh, sorry a one one word a one phrase answer Uh, who's got something else great fantastic one word Uh, another phrase great writing that one up another word another phrase great great and just keeping going, keeping going. Uh, ideally, you have a scribe so that you, you're there facilitating, keeping the energy levels, looking, giving everyone eye contact, uh, soliciting ideas. Great, fantastic. Great. Go, go, go. Brilliant. Uh, and you get all of these things written up on the board. Fantastic. Uh, now, everyone uh, in the room, ideally, has um, has said something, and you've got a sense uh, up there about what the whole group thinks, not just the one person who hogged the discussion. And you've done that in five minutes, pretty much. Uh, usually, that's how long I take to do a brainstorm. Um, uh, another technique that I use uh, for uh, the opening out or exploratory ph- phase is something called meta-plan, And... Um, Uh, And I think what I like more about this is you've got a bit more time to think, so you potentially get some better ideas, uh, although maybe not some of the more creative ones. Um, But most importantly, it's more effective at managing the power dynamics. Um, So uh, while the most dominant person um, uh, is unable to dominate to the same extent that they would in open discussion if you're brainstorming, the very shy, quiet person for whom English isn't their first language or whatever it is that is blocking them from contributing is probably uh, going to be just as intimidated, if not more intimidated, by a brainstorm. Uh, and so you still might not get the, the most out of the room and, uh, and you may still retain a bit of a power imbalance. So uh, with, uh, with Matterplan, now everyone gets uh, a small number of post-it notes. Uh, now I'm basing this on the number of people in the room. So if I've got 100 people in the room, I'm giving everyone one or two post-it notes. Um, if I've got 10 people in the room, I might give everyone five post-it notes each. Uh, and <coughs> I am uh, asking them to then write one idea per post-it. Um, I sometimes uh, strategically give people um, uh, s- small marker pens, or I, I use OHP pens uh, in the time of overhead projectors. Uh, what that does is it means that you can't write an essay uh, on it, um, and uh, and when they get stuck up it's easy for everyone to read, uh, but you can do it with, with BIROS as well. Um, I'm now giving everyone about five minutes uh, or so, and I'm saying as soon as you've got at least one idea uh, written up onto a post-it note, come to the front and stick it um, on these big bits of flip chart paper. So I'll normally put at least four bits of flip chart paper into kind of a big papered wall. I'll write my open question at the top, what impact do we want from this project? Um, and, uh, and, and now uh, someone's stuck up a post-it note uh, now I've got a second post-it note and I'm asking is this the same thing is it something similar if it is I'm clustering them together if this is now a different idea I'm putting it in a separate cluster uh, and, uh, and so it goes uh, I've given people these instructions, so as they come up and encourage and read what everyone else has written, uh, add it to a similar group. Uh, if I've got a large group, then I'll have uh, me on one side of the board, someone else on the opposite side of the board. And uh, we're reading those so as they go and helping people to group them. Um, and, uh, and in about five minutes, you now have all these clusters of ideas. And what's nice about this compared to brainstorming is there's an element of organization here. So uh, yeah, we've got um, 200 post-it notes up on this wall. Um, uh, worst-case scenario Uh, but we can see actually yeah there's 10 11 12 clusters here and a few random ideas um, uh, outside of any cluster great so uh, I can now start to summarize now, you can choose how participatory you want to do this. If you've got time, what I'm doing is I'm reading through a sample of the post-it notes. And I'm asking the group, are we happy that this um, is, uh, is a cluster? is so it's a group that, um, that, that holds together. If not, uh, do we want to subdivide it? Do we want to move them somewhere else, um, et cetera? Generally speaking, I I skip that step um, and just summarize it uh, to save time. So I'm just putting a circle now around this. I'm picking two or three sample uh, post-it notes and saying, so this is a a cluster of post-it notes um, all about economic impacts. Uh, For example, um, growth in jobs, um, number of new startups, or whatever it is. Um, So you get a sense of what it is. Uh, Ideally I get a colleague to help me with this so um, uh, while I've been reviewing that they've been uh, having a look at the post-it notes close to them Uh, and now they circle a group of post-it notes and report what they say while I'm now reading some and great and it goes very fluid from there and there's no big pauses while I'm trying to decipher someone's handwriting. Uh, and so now, uh, five another five minutes in, so we're 10 minutes total now, uh, we've got uh, our clusters now are all circled, we've written a short uh, phrase or word to summarize it um, on the outside of each of those circles. Uh, some of them have just got one post-it note in, um, and I try and emphasize if that was you, then great, you're an original thinker, there's no, sh- no shame in having uh, nobody else come up with such a good idea, um, and we're circling those uh, as well. Uh, And uh, what you can see now is that everyone had the same level of input because everyone got the same number of post-it notes. So the most powerful person who might have dominated got, say, three post-it notes. And the quietest person, who perhaps would have said nothing in an open um, uh, discussion, also got three post-it notes and they had an equal say. Uh, and if someone comes up and says, can you just give me that pad of post-it notes because I've got lots of other ideas, the answer is no, you can't have the pad um, because uh, everyone gets the same number of post-it notes. Give me your top three. If you're not happy with one of those, you can replace it. I'll swap you a post-it note, but that's as, as, that's as good as it gets. So we have um, done our opening out. Um, if I'm doing this with uh, an illiterate uh, audience uh, then uh, in an ideal world I've got some kind of cartoonist uh, type person with me uh, that works very nicely if you can do that otherwise I'm writing up um, uh, the ideas um, as they are suggested by people in in my brainstorm um, and um, and uh, and yeah I, I then have to be able to uh, reiterate them in the next part of uh, of uh, of the of the sequence where we go to to analyzing them. Um, But ideally, some kind of stick drawing, something that will just help people kind of trigger their memory. Ah, that group over there was about this, and that group over there was about that. So the economic one's now got a pile of coins next to it, for example. I mean, it can be as basic as that, just to trigger people's memories. So I'm moving to analysing now, and um, uh, this is now where we start doing some thinking. So we've maybe spent as little as five or ten minutes uh, brainstorming or doing a plan. Uh, These are fairly knee-jerk reactions. We've not put a a lot of thought into them, um, and uh, and we want to think a bit more deeply now. So um, lots of different options that we can do at this stage, and um, my my favourite one is the, the carousel. Uh, but there are various variants on this Um, and uh, and so we're now going to split into small groups and uh, we're going to move around the room in our small groups looking at um, these different clusters however there is a problem because uh, when you get to this stage you will typically realize that um, you've got more clusters than you have groups so I've got a group of um, Fifty people, and I want to have five groups um, around uh, of ten around the room, uh, but I've got a dozen different um, clusters. Uh, so how do I make that choice? And of course, now is an opportunity for a power play. So. Um, I need to make sure that uh, the most important person in the room doesn't stand up and say well I'm funding this and, uh, and I think we should be focusing on this. Uh, instantly you've now alienated uh, all of the people whose ideas have just been deprioritized and they're thinking well what's the point, um, I might as well just leave now. So uh, I need a way of fairly and legitimately and, uh, and hopefully transparently uh, coming up with uh, a prioritization. So I'm going to do um, a, an intermediate step now before I start my carousel which is going to be a sticky dot to prioritization now uh, this uh, this is not um, a, a voting process. Uh, it's semi-anonymous, which is for me one of the, the benefits uh, of this. Although similar with voting, you can um, kind of influence each other in terms of, well, everyone's putting loads on this. Maybe I should as well. And nobody's put anything on that. Maybe I should avoid that too. So it's not a perfect um, solution. But um, for decision-making, um, yeah, I'm happy with this. It's going to solve a problem. So everyone now gets 10 sticky dots. Uh, you can choose a number, but the point is everyone gets the same number of dots, you can see where this is going, can't you? Um, uh, So uh, I've got my 10 sticky dots, and now I'm telling everyone, right, I want you to put as many sticky dots as you want on your favourite ones. If you think there's only one great idea, um, and you think all the other other ideas are rubbish, you can put all 10 on one if you want. You can um, put them uh, one per uh, per cluster, um, and uh, you can put them two per cluster, however you want to do it, but when you've run out, you've run out. Um, So choose carefully. Uh, and again, uh, at this point, if someone asks, can I get um, more sticky dots? The answer is no. It has actually happened to me twice. Um, uh, embarrassingly, both times with academics, academics who've come to me, um, who've said, uh, well, I, I know uh, I know more. Um, in one case, it was on behalf of the other academics. We know more. So we should be getting extra sticky dots because our voice counts more. Uh, and the answer is no, it doesn't. Um, uh, we, we all have equal voice in this. Um, and this is transparent. Uh, Now, of course, people can cry foul if the the group is dominated by one type of person, perhaps, but um, it's it's not a a problem I've had, uh, as long as you have a a fairly diverse group. So um, uh, everyone's uh, allocated their dots, and now uh, at a glance you can see there's a cloud of dots over there. These ones are really unpopular. Uh, I quite often hide this in a break, so I'll say, look, um, go and get yourself a cup of coffee, but at the end of the coffee break, I want you to all have um, put up your sticky dots, avoids everyone um, clustering at the same time and um, getting um, congestion at the, at the wall. Um, But uh, I come back from my break uh, and instantly this is a very clear decision. Uh, Now, it may be that I've got enough uh, people or resources for just four small groups, but I can see that, you know, there's five or six which are pretty similar in terms of being really popular here. Uh, Well, can I make an extra group? Can I look thematically to say, well, these two are kind of similar, uh, so let's put them together. Um, uh, But uh, So yeah, there's a bit of discussion um, uh, with the group. This is how we're going to do this. Um, This is where the cutoff is. Uh, And I I valued the final idea. So I say, right, we're leaving these other ideas for now. We're not going to discuss them yet, but they will get written up and we will have an opportunity to revisit them uh, later on in the process if we want. Uh, So they're not lost. But we're now going to zoom in on these because this is where people focused uh, their attention. These are the ones you think are most important. So uh, we're now uh, taking the sticky dots, uh, sorry not the sticky dots, the post-it notes, I'm just lifting them off the wall and I'm bringing them over now to a a flip chart stand or a station of papered wall uh, wall, um, and I'm now putting them um, at my station onto the flip chart paper, Uh, I'm transcribing the word, economic impacts uh, in this case. Um, and um, and now I'm dividing the group into four small groups. Uh, now, at this point, I can be clever if I want, because I may know that I've got two um, very different types of people that I want to mix, because I want them to discuss and cross-fertilise ideas. Or actually, these are two groups that hate each other and that always fight, and so I'm going to make sure that they're in different groups. <laughs> um, or maybe simply that there's one person that uh, I need to make sure is not in the same group as that one other person Um, uh, but what I would do is uh, in this case um, uh, uh, well with that one um, uh, I've done that um, where I've seen those things kicking off and I've just said right we're going to do a numbered thing here and it's going to be one two three four and I calculate it to make sure that uh, uh, the two uh, people who are sparring with each other are definitely in different groups and you can do that instantly with no planning. Um, With a bit of pre-planning, though, I can uh, give everyone a coloured dot on their badge um, and say, right, I want all the red people over here, or I want a mix of reds and blues, or whatever it is. Great. Uh, So uh, my small group now is starting at the first station and I normally tell people go to the station first that you've got most to say about, that you're most interested in. Uh, So I don't mind if they are unequal sized groups, I'll set a minimum, so I want a minimum of three people per group. but, um, uh, and if that doesn't work, um, then hey, we, if there are too few, I tell them to join another group. We can just have three groups circulating four stations. That's fine. Uh, so, we're starting with the group that you're most interested in because you're going to get longest there. Uh, and so, uh, I may start by saying you're going to get 20 minutes to get stuck into this, this first uh, discussion topic. Um, and um, uh, each group has their own colored pen. And uh, at this point, I can allow the group to self-facilitate. I can have uh, a facilitator working with them, uh, scribing for them and and helping the discussion. It can be open. um, So uh, just tell us more about uh, economic impacts. It could be structured. uh, So uh, give us some uh, economic impact goals. Uh, Give us some pathways. uh, Tell us some indicators you'd expect. To be able to measure that would tell us if we had achieved those goals, for example. Um, uh, you, you choose how you want to, to structure it. So now you ask your group to move clockwise, taking their pen with them, and, uh, and now I'm going to give them a smaller amount of time at the second group, so maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, And then uh, I'm going to call time, ask them to move clockwise once again, taking their pen with them, and I'm going to give them much less time at the last two, so maybe seven and then five minutes, um, something like that. Uh, and then the final step is, rather than doing that really boring um, report-back thing where, where everyone listens to someone reading through everything that was said, and yes, I was there for most of it, oh my goodness, when is this going to end? I say simply, on the way back to your seat, I want you to revisit the first station that you were at um, and uh, and see what is, has been written and uh, you can now see in different coloured pens all of the additional ideas We've got some smiley faces, some question marks, some additional ideas that have been marked on the the things that I wrote to begin with We've got the red and the blue and then the green uh, text underneath huh. So that's what everyone else thought um, And I'll leave them off uh, for the rest of the time so that everyone can come back and, and see what um, people thought uh, later on if they want uh, Great so, um, uh, let me see, so this, this, at this point in the process now, we uh, have a, a much clearer idea of what each of these different classes might actually mean, what we might want to do about them. Uh, we, we're thinking a bit more critically, and if there were some rubbish ideas, yeah, we've weeded them out, and we've really focused on, on what, is, what is valuable about this. Uh, So, how does that manage the power dynamics? Um, Well, I described how we can put people in different groups. Um, uh, I think uh, you're not going to get away with doing no uh, open discussion. Uh, People want the chance to discuss, Uh, so great, but we're constraining this now in the small groups and in the process so things can't get too out of hand. Um, And uh, what I'm doing uh, as the the lead facilitator is I'm looking around the room, I'm seeing um, what's happening in each of the groups. And if anything looks like it's not going according to plan, so there's nothing being written up um, and we're 10 minutes in. Uh, Or it looks like there's one person who is dominating or there's some friction (laughs) um, and some negative body language um, or people kind of breaking up into small groups. I'm going and I'm saying, right, I would like to help facilitate this. And so I, I lead facilitate, I ask the questions, I scribe, I get everything back on track, um, and then they move, hopefully they get the idea, and now I'm back to floating and watching for problems in other groups. Uh, if I've got a really challenging group, um, uh, then I will stay with them, and they now have the privilege of having me facilitate them, but actually I'm there just to make sure that uh, the most problematic people don't dominate or cause problems. Uh, now, if you're not a trained facilitator uh, like me, uh, then what I'm doing is I'm deploying Employing my uh, my best natural facilitator. Uh, and I'm going to describe that as someone who has two qualities, confidence and emotional intelligence. So who is that person in your team who is both confident and has got bucket loads of emotional uh, intelligence? Uh, right, can you go and facilitate this group? Um, and uh, and yeah, you've got a way better chance uh, that things are going to go better rather than worse. And you know what, if it does go badly wrong and we've now got someone who's grandstanding, being offensive, whatever then hey, uh, for a small part of my day, for a quarter of my audience, we had a problem, um, but much easier than them uh, doing that uh, in plenary. Um, I once had to uh, to facilitate a, a workshop where I was warned that there was um, a notorious shepherdess um, in uh, in southern Scotland um, who, uh, if, uh, if she uh, didn't uh, get what she wanted, um, and wasn't, uh, didn't perceive she was being listened to. Uh, then she would actually stand on her chair and uh, and talk over the the facilitator. Uh, so that particular workshop was designed very carefully to make sure that there was going to be uh, no plenary discussion at all, um, to make sure that that scenario could not happen. Uh, and then, to my frustration, she never turned up. Well, it was kind of frustration mixed with relief to be honest. <laughs> so uh, so great we've, uh, we've we've managed to do a bit of analyzing we've uh, we've tried to manage those power dynamics as we've gone uh, and now my final step is uh, we're going to go to closing down um, and/or um, and or deciding and in a research context you very often don't need to do that um, uh, in many decision-making contexts we do uh, the problem is that uh, as a group whether this is a partnership um, uh, if meeting for a research project uh, whether it is a, a public or stakeholder engagement kind of workshop Um, uh, you're potentially going to be working with these people for the long term and you've all got different ideas about what you should do uh, what decision you should make Um, how do you legitimately fairly transparently make those decisions in such a way that you don't have to overrule as the principal investigator chair whoever uh, and upset everyone uh, that you actually uh, make a decision without having to come to consensus Uh, I think there's a a false idea out there that um, uh, facilitation is all about consensus building. Um, And yes, it can be in in some cases, but actually, in my experience, and certainly as a researcher, and I may be biased here, um, uh, very often, actually, uh, it is in the difference of opinion that there is most creativity and, uh, and, if managed effectively, most fun, in fact, because, hey, we're all learning from each other. And wow, that's a crazy idea. I completely disagree. But Wow, weird. <laughs> Who would have thought that? Uh, so, um, so really valuable, really important, I think, to um, uh, to, to, to not uh, try and force uh, what is uh, typically, in my experience, um, a, a, a dysfunctional consensus. So, yeah, the group looks like they're now agreeing, but actually there's a bunch of people smouldering with resentment that, yeah, this wasn't what I wanted. Um so um so what we're going to do is uh, a couple of things. So first of all we can try a sticky dot prioritization again. So uh, this time we've thought a lot more and you're now you've got the four choices we've discussed in much more depth. Uh, and I want you to say well now every, given everything that you now know about these having discussed them which of these do you want to do next or fund or whatever it is. Uh, and you stick your sticky dots and then you get your ranking. Well, let's do the top two. Great. Um, uh, we've got um, we've got a way forward. Uh, now, at this point, um, you'll often get a, an, an objection because people will say, well, yeah, but it's not as simple as which one's most important uh, because there are multiple different criteria against which you could judge importance. So I may say that it's going to save money and that's why we should do it. And you may say it's going to save lives and that's why we should do it. So what I'm going to do now is have that discussion. What are all the different reasons why we might vote for one or the other of these? Um, And now let's put a little little box at the bottom of my um, flip chart paper. Uh, And so I've now got a box with saves money and I've got a box which says saves lives um, on each of my four posters. And now I'm going to ask you to do your sticky dot prioritization, but I'm going to ask you to place um, your dots on the option that you like best. Uh, so let's focus on the economic impact, for example. Um uh but tell me why you like that best by placing it in the relevant box. So I like economic impacts because it will save money. Great. Um and uh, and now we can see which are the priorities, but we can also see why, and we can make a much better informed decision. So, what's more important to us? Saving lives or saving money? Uh, saving lives, well, actually, let's um prioritize the health and well-being impacts then. Brilliant. Um uh, at the end of this process what you typically find is that uh, people still disagree with one another so this is not a consensus building tool uh, and actually very rarely in my experience do you see people uh, changing their mind and um, and and actually coming together and uh, and coalescing around one uh, one particular idea it does happen but in my experience rarely. Uh, and so uh, so instead, what you have is a bunch of people who say, well, okay, uh, that's what we're going to do as a team, as a group, um, as a project, whatever. Uh, and I still don't agree with it. But this was a fair, transparent, legitimate process. I had my say. Um, and ultimately, my view didn't prevail. Uh, but I understand where these crazy people come from. Uh, I still don't agree with them. But I get it. I get where, why we're prioritizing this. And I say I live with it. I don't harbour resentment. I don't attempt constantly to revisit the decision, to overturn, to delegitimize, to undermine. And we move together as a team, valuing our difference and um, and never having reached consensus, um, but moving forward and making decisions. Great. So really valuable. Uh, Now, at the beginning of uh, the episode, I said that I would um, give you uh, a a wee technique for um, putting these techniques together um, as a workshop that you can use um, to both generate more impact and evaluate impact. So um, I've just loaded up my blog here and this is a blog uh, I just wrote uh, March the 12th, uh, how to design an end of project stakeholder meeting to both generate and evaluate impact. Uh, This is something that I've used for years and I've recommended it to countless colleagues who've used it in multiple different settings and it really works. People love this Um, and it's taking me years to actually uh, get uh, pen to paper and actually tell people about this. So, um, uh, check out the blog, um, but um, a very brief um, overview of what this looks like. So um, what we're doing now is um, we're getting um, participants to say, right, Uh, This is now our end of project uh, workshop. We've done our presentations, um, here are our policy briefs or whatever it is. uh, And now we want to know uh, what should be our actions? What should be the key things we should pursue from this that would make a difference? Uh, What kind of impact do you think we could and should be achieving based on this research? Uh, And so I'm doing my meta plan. Uh, What impacts are you all interested in that link to research like this? So I've got some policy impacts now as well as my economic impacts. Um, uh, and I've got some cultural impacts that people are interested in. And we've got an organization over there um, uh, who's more interested in particular social kinds of impacts. Great. Um, so we're clustering them. Uh, we're prioritizing them. We're now moving into small groups. Um, but I'm going to do something slightly different here. So instead of doing the carousel, I'm going to do a round table approach, which is going to give us uh, time for some meatier discussions. So um, I'm going to say we've got our four groups we've prioritized, and we're going to have now... Um, uh, I would st- sometimes I'll do it in an hour um, ideally we're going to have two hours now so you're going to get an hour per topic um, and I'm going to sh- call time halfway through uh, whatever time you've got uh, so I just mark half time and I say now is your time to change groups uh, if you would like to stay at the table you're at and hear some new ideas from new people that's fine, stay there and keep discussing it or move to one of the other four groups around the room so everyone gets a chance to discuss two in depth. I'll have a uh, facilitator and scribe at each table, um, prompting people. It will normally be quite structured. So just looking at my blog here, the things I'm suggesting, but you know, come up with your own headings, are <clears throat> an outline of the idea and action. So let's, what is the idea? What is the action? What do we think should be done? Um, based on this research, it would make a difference. Um, let's articulate that idea. Secondly, uh, who would need to be involved, um, and are there any resources that you would need? Well, you know, we've got some people around the table, but these guys are missing, and you would need to draw on those, and you need that expertise, those skills. Uh, this is going to cost some money. You need that data. Great. Um, then how are you actually going to make this happen? What might be some activities you could do with particular target groups and pathways? Uh, An initiative, um, some program of activities, events, whatever it is. Uh, So we've got some ideas about how you would actually achieve that uh, that action, that idea, that impact. Um, uh, And uh, and then uh, why is it important? Uh, So uh, for me uh, my prompt here is I want specific benefits that would arise if it succeeded. Um, so I'm making sure that um, uh, there can be no mistake. I am looking for impacts here. So even if your idea wasn't actually an impact um, uh, and I need to give a bit of uh, flexibility here. So uh, it may not have been that, um, uh, that might not have be been the focus, but I'm asking the question what would be the benefit of this? Why is this an important idea? Um, uh, and sometimes I'll also ask, well, how would I know this had worked? What would, what would I look for? What might be some indicators? Great. Um, so uh, whatever technique you use um, at this point, the, the important thing is to make sure that you finish this with an opportunity for people to join working groups to follow the ideas up uh, afterwards. So um, uh, what I'll often do is I'll just have, there'll be a, a section on my flip chart paper um, that, uh, that says who needs to be involved. And I'll just say to people, before you leave uh, the room, uh, I want you to, um, uh, to, to, to add your name uh, onto one of these posters if you would like to be involved. Um, I will normally, uh, just to to let people have a sense of what happened, I'll do a a brief um, report back from each table, each of the scribes will report back. Uh, I normally give them two minutes each, uh, so I'm warning them in in advance. I need a two minute summary, not a blow by blow. Um, So you get a sense of this. Um, My technique for keeping people to time on this um, is I will set a timer on my phone uh, with my volume up loud. Uh, I will warn them it is two minutes and I'm timing it with my timer. Uh, I'll make sure I'm standing well away from them and, um, and then uh, once my timer is up, um, uh, I don't leave it ringing because that's a bit uh, too disruptive, uh, but it's loud enough that they and everyone else has heard and now I'm slowly walking towards them. Um, and are getting closer and closer and it's getting more and more uncomfortable for them as they're still talking um, uh, and sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll warn them ahead of time uh, that I'm going to do this uh, just for comedy value um, uh, and it's only happened once, uh, if the person continues talking all the way until you're up there then you give them a big bear hug um, and uh, at that point they're forced to stop and uh, uh, and even if they carry on they're uh, drowned out by the laughing um, so uh, a friendly way uh, it's only happened once, it's very unlikely you will have to actually hug someone um, but it's, it's a great way of uh, keeping people to, to time uh, so they summarized and now uh, you you're running people's names up and um, and great uh, make sure they put their email addresses on there uh, we need to be GDPR compliant nowadays so um, yeah think about that um, I've not done this actually since GDPR compliant I've not thought about this uh, I should adapt my blog oops um, uh, but yeah, make sure they know that uh, they will be contacted and you'll store their contact details for the express purposes of following up as part of these working groups. Uh, and now I'm making sure that I email them all with the type uh, typed up um, ideas. Uh, I quite often try and persuade uh, someone in the group to take responsibility to say, yeah, I'll lead the group, um, I'll, I'll, I'll report back um, after a month or however long you want to give people. You can't always persuade people to do that, so whether you want to make it a Google Doc um, or let people discuss it in their own way, uh, I'm giving them a set time and I'm saying I want a report back in a month and I'm going back and finding out what's happened after a month. Um, some of your working groups will work, uh, others will, uh, will fizzle out and fail, um, but those that do work have come from your group. Uh, the way that it's been designed means that uh, there's a good chance that uh, a number of them uh, will be linked in some shape or form to your research, so this will be research impact. Um, and um, and now you've got um, some jointly owned pathways to impact with a whole load of people who want to make things happen. The reality is they came to your workshop because they're interested in this topic, um, and if they're not in academia, they probably are, are in charge of doing something in relation to that topic. And so, yeah, I came here to meet other people who are working in the sector, in this field, uh, and actually now I've left with live contacts discussing real things that are going to help me in my job and yeah of course I'm going to make this stuff happen and now you've got people pursuing impact for you and with you Uh, and ideally you help them along the way and point them to your research give them the resources they need if you can do that and uh, and yeah you're now getting some uh, some 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 impact Um, uh, the great thing then finally about this is it is in theory um, a a way of um, enabling you to evaluate your impact. Um, so I've just read down, and I did mention GDPR compliance. That's good. Well done, Mark. <laughs> it's a bit vague, though. I could probably do better. Um, uh, so uh, so now, six months later, I, I can send an email to everyone who um, uh, agreed to let me keep their contact details uh, and ask, so uh, you came to this workshop six months ago. Um, we talked about all these cool impacts that we might be able to do. Did you do any of them? How did that go? If not, what were the problems? And might we be able to help Uh, you're reminding people about what they were going to do so you're increasing the likelihood that they happen if they've gotten stuck uh, then you're offering help again increasing the likelihood that impact actually happens Uh, and for those who actually achieve things then uh, for those who respond uh, then you get some evidence of impact Uh, now I would always add a little tick box would you be willing to be followed up with a telephone interview if someone's saying something particularly interesting then I'm following them up and I'm saying huh so tell me more about That that sounds really interesting. So uh, my hope is that you can see now uh, in very practical terms uh, how I have taken what we did last week uh, with uh, this idea of power, power differentials or dynamics and and how we can uh, manage those dynamics and get out of some of the, the more challenging situations uh, and uh, and I've turned that into a whole series of very practical techniques that manage the power dynamics for you. Um, uh, all the way through this, there there are things that we can do with uh, with groups that are, are less literate or mixed uh, literacy. Uh, this uh, in, in, the, in my PhD in the Kalahari Desert, for example, we did uh, the, the multi-criteria evaluation um, with cards, uh, with photographs, um, local language words for those who could read, um, and stones. Um, uh, we could draw nice grids um, uh, on the sand, which is quite handy uh, doing participatory work in in the desert. Um, uh, so um, uh, lots lots of ideas for, for how you can uh, adapt this. Uh, many more ideas um, uh, for this um, I uh, recommend um, Robert Chambers um, uh, his uh, book of methods uh, loads of stuff from the development uh, literature actually just uh, go and look uh, in, in that literature uh, loads of really cool grey literature online uh, have a look at the um, public engagement evaluation toolkit as well some quite cool methods that uh, that work with workshops like this um, uh, and uh, and this kind of framework that I've given opening up, analysing, closing down Uh, but uh, try try out different things, I've given you the things that I go to on a regular basis that work for me, uh, but get creative uh, get confident, test them try them out with your students um, uh, and, and don't Uh, don't curse yourself and your your teams and um, and your meetings to boring dysfunctional meetings that are dominated by a small number of people get a bit creative get enough confidence to try a few of these techniques and you'll discover that you can achieve way more in those meetings in way less time and it can be way way more fun